G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair dinkum Aussie or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy Aussie English. G'day guys, welcome to this episode of Aussie English. Today I wanted to go over a few different Aboriginal animal names. So Australia has obviously an incredibly diverse wildlife and a lot of the animals that we have in Australia have names that are derived from different Aboriginal languages and different Aboriginal words. So after first settlers arrived in Australia, after James Cook arrived in Botany Bay, a lot of the animals that they saw were noted down and they often asked the Aboriginal people, what do you call this animal? And that's how a lot of these different animals got their names. So I thought that it'd be an interesting and fun episode to go over some of these names and how to pronounce them. And then also give you, if I can, a definition of what that word means, if I was able to find it when I was researching this episode, and also maybe a fact or two about the specific animal. So let's get started. So the first one is barramundi, and this is a, a really large fish that lives in rivers, barramundi, barramundi. And Barramundi is spelled B-A-R-R-A-M-U-N-D-I, Barramundi. So this name comes from the Aboriginal word for large-scaled river fish. And some interesting facts about this animal are that almost all Barramundi are born males. So there are really, really few females when they hatch from their eggs. And at the age of about three to four years old, most barramundi turn into females. So that's, they can actually change their sex, and their gender at three to four years old, which means that all female barramundi hook up with younger males. The next animal is the bilby, the bilby, and this is spelt B-I-L-B-Y, bilby, bilby. And this comes from the Aboriginal name. This comes from the Aboriginal word that means long-nosed rat. An interesting fact about bilbies is that all females have pouches that face backwards to avoid filling with soil when they burrow. So these animals tend to live in sandy, deserty areas and dig burrows in which they live. The next animal is the bogong moth. The bogong moth. So bogong is the Aboriginal word, B-O-G-O-N-G. And then moth is the English word, obviously, for effectively butterflies that you see in nighttime. So they're the flying insects that you see at nighttime that are similar to butterflies. I couldn't find an origin for this name, but some fun facts about this animal are that they swarm in November during um, the beginning of summer and they cover walls of alpine caves and they can actually be up to 17,000 moths in a single square meter and so a lot of Australian animals 
will gorge themselves on these moths. So they'll eat and eat and eat and eat a lot of these moths in order to put on weight to get fatter when they swarm in summer. And Aboriginals used to harvest them in early summer and roast them on the fire whole. So they wouldn't do anything. They'd put them on sticks and put them straight on the fire. The next animal is the boo book. The boo book. And this is one of Australia's smallest owls, if not Australia's smallest owl. Um, boo book is spelt B double O B double O K. So B O O B O O K. Boo book. Boo book. The next animal is bunyip which is arguably not an animal, but a large mythical creature in um, Australian Aboriginal mythology. And it lurked in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. So it's really associated with um, the water and water environments. And the translation of the word bunyip, which is spelt B-U-N-Y-I-P, bunyip, is devil or evil spirit. So apparently that isn't the most accurate way of translating what a bunyip is. The next word is karawong. Karawong. C-U-R-R-A-W-O-N-G. Karawong. 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 And this is an Australian bird. It's black and white, similar to a magpie, but a bit larger and a little bit smaller than your average raven. The name of this bird is meant to represent the bird's call. So they kind of make this kind of weird um, call when you see them. Um, and then we have dingo. Dingo. D-I-N-G-O. Dingo. Dingo. And the dingo is Australia's version of a wolf. So it's a very large dog. It's a canine. And it arrived in Australia more than 5,000 years ago. So in Australian history, it actually got here after the Aboriginals a lot more recently. Aboriginals have been in Australia for up to 60,000 years. And this dogs, these dogs were brought over from Southeast Asia. Um, and it comes from the Aboriginal word for the domesticated version of dingoes. And Aboriginals used to use tame dingoes as living hot water bottles. And what do I mean by this? It's what they would use at night to stay warm. So they would hug up, cuddle up to these um, dingoes and be able to stay warm during the night. The next word is galah. Galah. And a galah is a, it's an Australian parrot and it's spelt G-A-L-A-H. And they are pink and grey. And are often seen in flocks of about 500, even a thousand birds. The word galah is also an Australian slang word for someone who's a fool and acts a bit like a galah. So it makes a lot of noise and is irritating sort of thing. The next word is gang gang. So gang gang is spelt G-A-N-G hyphen G-A-N-G, gang gang. And again, this is another parrot in Australia. Um, they are relatively small, similar to cockatoos and galahs, but um, they're dark black. And one gender, I've forgotten if it's the males or the females, has a really bright head. And they're actually really beautiful animals. 
But something interesting about these guys was that they migrate from high altitude areas in summer to warmer lowland areas in winter. Uh, the word after that, we have kangaroo. And I'm sure all of you listening will know what a kangaroo is. And it comes from the Aboriginal word for a species, a specific species of kangaroo that was found around Sydney. So when Captain Cook first arrived, I believe he, you know, met the local people and he would have learnt the local word for the species of kangaroo that lived around that area. And an interesting fact about kangaroos is that they can't walk backwards because of their large legs. They have to always move forwards. And a group of kangaroos is often referred to as a mob of kangaroos. So M-O-B. Kangaroo. 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 The next animal is koala. And again, like kangaroo, I'm sure that all of you know what a koala is. And an interesting fact about these guys is that after they're young are born, they're pretty much like monkeys where the young will hold on to the back of the animal as it lives in the trees and moves around like a little backpack. And koalas have two opposable thumbs. So that index finger on their hand has actually become a second thumb that helps them when they're climbing trees. So it helps them get a better grip when they climb up trees. And then the next one we have is kookaburra, 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 and this is spelt K-O-O-K-A-B-U-R-R-A, kookaburra, kookaburra. The Aboriginal name for kookaburra, or the word that is kookaburra, apparently originates from the sound that the bird makes. So some of you may know this bird and how the, its call sounds a lot like laughter. So it's kind of a, a bird version of a hyena, where when you hear the laugh, it's kind of overwhelming when you hear it out in the, um, in the forest. And an interesting fact about these guys is that the laugh they're using is used to mark their territory. And they're the largest of all kingfisher birds, and you'll often see them eating... Um, anything from insects up to lizards and even some snakes, small snakes that they can catch and they'll bash the snakes against rocks and, and trees and branches in order to kill them. The next animal after kookaburra is paddy melon. Paddy melon. And paddy melon is spelt P-A-D-E-M-E-L-O-N. Paddy melon. And paddy melons are sort of a small version of wallabies and kangaroos. These guys are small marsupials. And an interesting fact about them is that they're solitary. They don't live in mobs. They don't live in groups. And they're nocturnal animals. So they rest during the day and then they forage for food in the nighttime. And then after paddy melon, we have a potaroo. Potaroo. A potaroo. Potaroo. And potaroo is spelt P-O-T-O-R-O-O, potaroo. And an interesting fact about these guys, they're also marsupials, but they're less closely related to uh, wallabies and kangaroos compared to the paddy melon. And these guys have prehensile tails. And a prehensile tail is a tail that can be curled up so it can hold on to things, kind of like your hand can curl up and hold on to 
you know, anything that you want to pick up. A prehensile tail is used by animals often who climb trees to grab onto branches, but in the case of the potteroo, it uses its prehensile tail in order to carry nesting material. So when they're building nests, these guys will find material to put in their nests and they'll use their prehensile tail in order to grab on and hold on to this material and bring it back to their nests. The next animal is the quokka. The quokka. And quokka is spelt Q-U-O-K-K-A. Quokka. Quokka. And these guys are more closely related to macropods, so the wallabies, the paddy melons, and the kangaroos. And quokka, the word quokka, originates from the Aboriginal name for the animal. And they have a very sharp set of claws on their hind feet that they can use to defend themselves. So even though they look incredibly cute and cuddly, they're, they're sort of like really small kangaroos. Um, they can actually defend themselves with their sharp claws. The next one is quoll, 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 which is spelt Q-U-O-L-L, quoll. And quolls are one of my favorite Australian animals. These guys are also marsupials, and they're about the size of a cat, and in some places are actually referred to as night cats, because they roam around at night hunting. These guys are kind of like Tassie devils. They're closely related to Tassie devils, but they're found on the mainland, I think, mostly. And they will eat pretty much anything that they can get their paws on. So dead, alive, plants animals, they'll try and hunt down insects, lizards, birds, and even possums to eat. And they're really kind of cool because they have spots on them, sort of like a leopard. So if you get a chance to look up a quoll online, have a look. They're pretty cool animals. Taipan is the next animal. A taipan. Taipan. And taipan is spelled T-A-I-P-A-N. Taipan. And this is one of Australia's, if not the world's, most dangerous snakes. Um, the name comes from the Aboriginal name for this animal, Taipan. And it has the most potent venom of any snake in the world. So from memory, there's two species, the inland Taipan and the coastal Taipan. And I think both are almost equally venomous. They're like number one and two on the deadliest snake list. And they can kill about 250,000 mice with a single bite. So many humans, tens of humans in a single bite. Wallaby is the next animal. Wallaby. Wallaby. And wallaby is spelt W-A-L-L-A-B-Y. Wallaby. So wallabies are really closely related to kangaroos, um, but they're a lot smaller. The cool part about wallabies in Australia is that we have rock wallabies, which live on mountainous and cliffy, rocky areas. And these guys are kind of Australia's answer to the mountain goat that live in um, Europe and North America. So these guys are really, really kind of cool. They have like long, thick tails and they use that to balance and they'll run up and down these cliffy areas in order to um, keep away from predators and yeah... They're pretty cool animals. The next animal is the wallaroo. Wallaroo. And this is spelt W-A-L-L-A-R-O-O. So, wallaroo. Wallaroo. 
And wallaroos are really similar to wallabies. They're closely related to kangaroos and, um, yeah, macropods that hop. The second last animal is the wombat. And like kangaroos and koalas, I'm sure most of you will know what a wombat is. Wombat. Wombat. And wombat is spelt W-O-M-B-A-T. Wombat. And like a lot of these other animals, this name comes from the Aboriginal name for the animal. So they just called them wombats. Um, an interesting fact about wombats is that they are very similar to bilbies in that they burrow and they also have a pouch that faces backwards to avoid it getting filled with soil when these guys dig. And one really cool fact about wombats is that even though they look pretty um, helpless, they have a really, really hard bony plate on their bottoms. So kind of like literally like a plate of bone under the skin and they can use this plate when they're facing down in their burrows to actually block the entrance of the burrow from predators, say dingoes, foxes, anything that was trying to come into their burrow to hurt them or feed on their young. Um, And if really threatened, these guys can actually thrust their hard bony plate up against the roof of the burrow and crush the skull of animals that are trying to get in. So they're actually pretty capable. (laughs) They're pretty um, sturdy little animals that can protect themselves. And the very last Australian animal that has an Aboriginal name on the list here is Yabby. 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 And Yabby is spelt Y-A-B-B-Y. Yabby. So yabbies are Australian crayfish. These guys are effectively lobsters that live in rivers and ponds and other freshwater water sources in Australia. So they're crustaceans and they will eat anything they can get their two large pincers onto, whether it's uh, insects, small animals, plant material, whatever they can eat, they'll eat. I also wanted to give a special mention to cockatoo. I was expecting that cockatoo was going to be on this list just because it seems to me like a very um, Aboriginal word based on all the other Aboriginal words we have in English. It looks very similar. But when I was looking into the origin of the word cockatoo, and a cockatoo is similar to a gangang and a galah, it's those really large white Australian parrots or group of parrots Um, And the sulfur-crested cockatoo is probably the most popular one that you would see. And it has like a yellow crest on its head that it can erect, um, which is sort of like a little mohawk. And they're incredibly loud and noisy. But anyway, the word cockatoo actually originates from the Indonesian word for these birds. So these birds are found in Indonesia. And the word that they use for these guys is kakatua kakatua and funnily enough the indonesian word kakatua originates from the dutch word kakato kakato and the definition means something like vice or grip something to sort of explain that these guys have a very very strong beak that they use in order to climb in order to hold on to things in order to bite through nuts and eat whatever it is that they're that they're eating so yeah, that was that was an interesting surprise looking into the word cockatoo and finding that it came from Indonesian via Dutch.
not Aboriginal. So yeah, that was today's episode on pronunciation of Australian animals that have names that derive from Aboriginal words. And I hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to come over to the Facebook page and say hello at www.facebook.com forward slash the Aussie English podcast. And if you like the podcast, let me know what you think. Let me know how I can improve. Um, Let me know if you have any questions about Aussie English for me to answer or or perhaps do an episode on if it's a really interesting question that I can help you guys with. And I'll hopefully chat to you later. Have a good one, guys. Thank <laughs> you.